Hey, my lovelies. Oh, blessed be to you today. I have got a message you're going to just love. It's short, so stick with me for just a few minutes. I am in Matthew 3. And let's go over here to... Um, right here, Matthew 3, 12. Whose fan, okay, this Holy Spirit, he's going to immerse in the Holy Spirit and with fire. Whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor. The floor is the earth. That is a testimony that the earth is flat, is not round. And if you look up on YouTube, uh, ancient maps of the earth, they're all flat earths. They're all flat maps of the earth the only time the earth has ever been said to be round is when wicked nasa came along and do you know that the word nasa n-a-s-a means to lie okay so it's testifying that his floor is the earth sorry i got wrinkled i need to put some moisturizer on my fingers and gather his wheat into the garner I looked up what gar this is straight from Hebrew translation. So it's absolutely correct. It's straight re retranslated in my Bible the cipher from Hebrew. So what is garner? Usually they put the barn, right? Okay, well it says and gather his wheat into the garner. The garner is to deposit grain or deposit by earning. Sorry, I'm a left-handed chicken scratch. It also says to deposit with fruits of a lifetime and accumulate or collect into storage. And it's also to deposit by earning. So it says up here, he will, gosh, I'm going to cry, guys. He will, he will thoroughly purge his floor, his earth, and gather his wheat into the garner which is a, a, a collection place to deposit the fruits of a lifetime, our fruits of a lifetime, and to deposit by earning. Okay, and then it says, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And then, um, uh, let's see. Then over here it says, then he led led Jesus up to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Guys, if you fast, you need to be careful because right after fasting is when you're hungry and tired and you're and you are closer to heaven and to the Lord than ever. And even if you fast for a day, like 24 hours or like a weekend, like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday would be the Sabbath. That'd be a great time to fast because I actually read in scripture that God said, I gave a holy fast for the cleansing of sins and for the cleansing of the body of disease. Believe if you believe and you speak healing on yourself or on others, or if you speak health, when I speak, when I pray every night for my family, I ask for a safety and health and to be led by the spirit of righteousness. Okay, and it says, but he answered and said, it is written, live, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of Yah. That means live by God's word, not just bread. 
Now, it says here, the devil took him up unto the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, if you be the son of God, cast yourself down, down for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest any time you dash your foot against a stone. That's what Satan is doing and that's what Satan is telling him. He's quoting the Bible Telling Jesus, if you're the son of God, then, you know, then the, cast yourself off of here and the angels will pick you up and take care of you. Now, in KJV, if I'm not mistaken, it does not say this. It says, took him up to a mountain or something. The real translation in Hebrew is he took him to the holy city of Jerusalem and he set him on a pinnacle like the very top, top, top point of the temple. So he took... Jesus to the very top of the temple in Jerusalem and told him to throw himself to cast yourself off of here and the angels will pick you up and take care of you all right so um anyway what I wanted to emphasize here guys that I so many people are starting to understand now and I pray that every person in Christ every self-proclaimed Christian understands that you cannot just go to church and be doing good things because that you're doing, people are doing it for themselves. They want to look good to God. They want to get into heaven and they want to walk on this. The They want to walk the, they want to balance on good, on the, the side of earthly things and the side of heavenly things. They want one foot in the world and they want to do all this stuff in the world. And then they want one foot in heaven. So they go to church and they go and do these good things because they're hoping they're going to get into heaven. You're not going to get into heaven that way. No way, no how, because that's the church of Laodicea. That's the, that's a lukewarm church. That's the church that Satan is busy corrupting. So he's lying to the Christians so that they believe that they can have all of what they want on earth. Now, it doesn't mean that God doesn't want to bless you and give you things and give you joy in your life. I'm not saying that. I mean, he wants you to pay your bills and have a, have a home that is safe and is a place of, um, of happiness and joy but he doesn't want you to be just living for the world that's not the way we should be and the way you make sure that you get into heaven is you understand that God is in you Jesus is in God and God and and you're in Jesus Jesus is with you all the time he is God so you need to think about your life like Jesus is with me right now here he the spirit is in me Jesus is in me the heart of God is in me so I need I I want to do things for God because I love him I love him so much and I was watching this one guy that he had a near-death experience he was a pastor guys and he thought he was doing everything right. He had taken orphans into his home. He was a pastor of a church. And when he had this near-death experience and he died for a little while, he went to the gates of heaven and he told the angels, please let me have a testimony. Please, I, I need to talk to God. And God told, he goes, I've been doing all this stuff. And he starts talking to God about all the works he did. And God said, but you've done it for yourself, not for me. And then he finally understood. He had this revelation where he said, my father weeps for me. My father loves me. I've hurt my father because he's sinning and he is living for himself, not for God. And then he understood that God, God was, he had hurt God by sinning and by, by living for himself, not by living for God. 
and then he saw that God was hurt, but then he also saw, saw that the reason God was hurt was because God saw that he wasn't going to make it. And God saw that he was going to be burning in the everlasting fire. And God just was weeping for that. So we have to understand we live by God's word, not just bread. When we live by his word, we love him so much that we want to honor him. We want to adore him. And he's constantly with us. And so every time you're getting ready to think about something, watch something on TV, I saw this girl talking about playing video games and how the, the Lord told her, gave her a dream that she said that if you're playing, if you know any of your friends or kids or yourself playing video games, if you're playing a video game where it's, you know, bang banging somebody and you see like red on them, you know, in the video game, you are, you are simulating that you are doing something to somebody else that's bad. I have to be careful with the words I use on here so so they're okay. But you know what I mean, bang, bang, and, you know, bye-bye, you know, no more. Uh, you don't want to be simulating that in your head. You don't want to be watching these wicked, evil movies that are cussing, that have violence, that have, have, have bang-bangs and, and people no more, and and them going going away and being gone. You don't want to watch movies. That's all violence. God doesn't want violence. He doesn't want evil on the, in, in his people. So be careful of everything you listen to, every kind of song you listen to. Be careful the pastors you listen to. Be careful what movies you watch. And be careful if you're... I, I don't play any video games, and I don't think anybody should. And if you're going to play a video game, the only video games I would play would be the ones where you're building blocks or you're building a city or something. But these active... 3D or whatever video games where you are portraying, you're a person in the game and you're busy hunting somebody or trying to do harm to somebody, you shouldn't be doing that. That is that is corrupting your soul and your spirit. And you are sinning in front of God right then and there. This girl had this vision where she, she was playing one of these games uh, that was, it's like, I don't know if he, it is called Diablo or whatever. Anyway, um, she said she used to love playing this game before she got saved. And then she had this vision where, um, and there's a new game that just came out like number four of that same video, uh, video game. And she said she had this vision where she was uh, a dream where she was with some people and she was in like a dream. And it was like she was in a video game and there was like some kind of beast or something running after them and they were trying to hide and they were in this house and she saw the TV come on and there was a video game on the TV. And she said in the middle of the TV, there was a message that said, God wants you to know this. This is from God. And he said, do not play these video games anymore. Don't play these games portraying that you are hurting somebody doing harm to somebody. I want to use the real word K-I-L-L people and M-U-R-D-E-R. -E um, so he said, I don't like this. I want you to stop this. this is hurting your spirit and your soul. And it hurts me to see that you are simulating this in your mind and in your spirit. So anyway, if you know anybody that's doing that, I, I suggest you send this video over to them. All right. So um, we're going to go now over to Okay, I wrote this up at the top, 1330 Matthew. Okay, we're talking about the barn and we're talking about how there is proof of the rapture. He says right here, 
he says he will thoroughly purge his floor, the earth, and gather his wheat into the garner, which is a depository by earning. You earn getting into heaven. You earn being raptured. That is a gift that the last people of the last days get because there is no more waiting. We are the last ones. It also means to deposit the fruits of a lifetime, to accumulate and collect all your fruits into storage. All right, so it says to the greater and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So he talks about how to gather his fruit. Okay, let's go to 1330. So let's go over here. To 1330, it says, let both grow together until the harvest, which is, a, is the end days. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, which are the angels, I got ink on my finger, sorry. And I haven't got my nails done either. I don't do that anymore, hardly. All right, so, sorry, my finger has ink on it. All right, it says, let them both grow together unto the harvest and in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together. For, ga okay, he's saying to the angels, the reapers, gather first the tares. And when I thought that at first, when I first read it, before I had discernment about this, I thought, oh my gosh, he's going to gather the, the tares first. So we're last. So I'm like, are we going to be the last ones on earth? We're going to be the ones left and he's going to burn up all the tares first. And we're going to have to go through the whole tribulation. At first that scared me and I thought that. And then now I've gotten complete and total discernment about it. And that's absolutely not true. Okay. He says, let them both grow, un grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, at the time of the end, I will say to the reapers, the angels, gather ye together. First, the tares and bind them, which means put them in a group. What, what he is doing on this earth right now is he is gathering the wicked nations together to the Middle East. He is gathering the wicked people and they are all becoming part of the World Economic Forum. They're all part of these elitists, these Hollywood people, all these people that have turned themselves over to the devil, have done evil ceremonies, have, have uh, worshipped the devil and idols like uh, Baal and the bull and all this stuff. And they have completely proclaimed that he good is evil is good. That's how the angels and God is putting a spirit of delusion on all these people. They are believing that Satan is a good guy, and they are believing that. In and I even heard the guy that that made the World Economic Forum. His name is uh, Klaus Schwab. Look him up on Google. He, do you know what this guy does? He, I, I think he's the Antichrist. I really do. He is German and he believes that in order to be good, you need to do evil. He actually said that in a speech. He also wears this garment that looks like he looks like he's an Anunnaki or something from like Egyptian time from those carvings that you see on the walls in Egypt. And he has these symbols on his shirt that are like a, a eight point star, which has to do with Saturn. It has to do with worshiping the beast and worshiping the devil and the fallen angels. 
and he um, he created the World Economic Forum. He's the one saying, oh, we don't have enough room on the earth. We need to depopulate. He's the one saying we need to have abortion. He's the one saying, you know, I got the solution to everything. We need to have AI. We need to have all this. We need to be eating worms instead of meat and just, just ridiculous stuff. On top of that, I looked him up on Google and his hobby is climbing mountains. What do they say in the Old Testament that they would go worship in high places? When you climb a mountain, you are worshiping to the false gods in high places. So anyway, um, he, he everything the Antichrist, you read about what the Antichrist wants to do. It's not, it's, and people say it's going to be a Hebrew or it's going to be a Middle Eastern guy, but it's not. It's going to be somebody that is going to be able to pull in the Muslims, pull in the Hebrews, and pull in the Gentiles because they say, they used to say like 80-90% of the whole world were Christians. Well, the majority of Christians aren't going to make it through the rapture because they're living with one foot in the world and one trying to get into heaven. And they are not going to make it there in the church of Laodicea. They're the lukewarm church that Jesus said, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. You need to be doing good in the world. Get rid of all your sin and start praying to God. Reveal to me if I have any sin in my life. Reveal to me what it is through visions and dreams and understanding and help. And, and like I'm saying, like this girl I follow, she she does videos on visions and dreams on uh, Crystal Love for Jesus channel. And she's always talking about, you know, don't smoke, don't drink, don't don't do vape, don't take drugs. She's like, and she really, and she was convinced that she was doing all these things that were good for Jesus. And she's on fire for Jesus. She loves Jesus. She's testifying and always talking about him. And she's having visions and dreams all the time. But she didn't even realize that her playing those video games, God didn't like. So he's revealing stuff to us all. So every time you are doing anything, whether you are listening to something, whether you are looking at something, whether you are doing something, you have to think to yourself, would Jesus do this? Would If he, if he is standing right here with me and he sees what I'm doing, would he want me doing this thing? And do it out of the love of Christ that you have, not because you're just trying to make him feel good so you can get in to get a pass. That is not why you do good things. You do good things because it, you love your brothers and sisters like Christ loves all of his people. He doesn't want one to perish. That is our job to go out and testify to other people. I got an urgency about this in 2017 and 18 on my heart like crazy. And I was like, I got to get out there. I got to be speaking to people wherever I go, whether I got to go to the drugstore, whether I got to go to uh, the grocery store, if I'm going to the doctor's office, wherever I'm going, I got to be trying to talk to somebody about Jesus. And no matter what we get into a conversation with about the world, I I'll tell them, oh, I know this world is so bad. I said, I don't know what I do without Jesus. And I'm like, I'm a Jesus girl. I love Jesus so much. He, he is my best friend. He is the Lord of my life. And when I start talking about him, I want to cry because I love him so much, so, so much. And you must love him like that. You must love him more than yourself. When you love him more than yourself, you stop doing things in the world for yourself, for your self-gratification, for your pleasure. You're doing it for him. You're helping others for him because those are the body of Christ. All of us are the body of Christ. So if you are hurting somebody on this earth, if you're lying or talking bad about them, you are lying to Christ. You are, are talking bad about Christ. 
So anyway, I hope this convicts your heart and you help others. So anyway, he says right here, he says, um, let them both grow together until the harvest. Why does he say let them both grow up? He says because you can harm, you can pull up one of the wheat with the tares. So if you hurt uh, somebody that's not in Christ, you could end up and hurt somebody else too. Well, how, how is that possible? Here's, here's how Jesus explained it to me. If you think bad about somebody in this world that is not with Christ, and you turn away from them without even trying to convict their heart, without even trying to give them the testimony. If you speak bad, Jesus says in the Bible, or, and God says in the Bible that if you speak evil on somebody, it's like giving them a death sentence. That you're you're speaking death on them. You're cursing them. So watch what your mouth says. Don't say bad things about people. And parents, I, I urge you with all my heart, don't tell your kids, oh, you're never going to do that. You're, oh, I knew you were going to go do that bad thing. Or I knew this and that. Don't ever speak that because you're speaking evil on them. Instead of encourage them, tell them, I know you can do this. I know you're going to get over this. I know you're going to succeed. I know you're going to be great in this world for Jesus Christ. He's got a plan for you. And I know you're going to rise up to the challenge. That's how you speak to your kids. All right. So anyway, he says, first gather the tares and that's what bind them. So what is binding? That is gathering right now. The angels in the spirit of truth and the spirit of the Lord is separating the wheat from the tares. Uh, COVID was another way to do that. There were good, there were good people on this earth trying to, to go to people and give them food when they were stuck in their homes and stuff and, and try, try to bring them positiveness. People that were sick, there were other people praying over them. And then there was a wicked that came out. The wicked doctors and nurses that were busy pulling the plug on people that were in the hospital and literally KILL'd them while they had a ventilator on. I'm a registered nurse and every nurse and doctor knows this. That if you end up on a ventilator where you can't breathe for yourself, they stick a tube down your throat and they kind of put you in a twilight state where you're kind of asleep. They give you medicines to keep you sleeping because the tube is very irritating to your throat. It makes you want to gag and it's it's a very horrible thing to go through. So they kind of put you in a sleep and, and with medicines and then you're on this ventilator. Well, what happens is your lungs and your body are now being breathed. Your breathing is, is through the, the ventilator. The machine is breathing out and, and sucking back in. And it's breathing for you. So what happens when you start getting better and through the, your lab test and, through, and you're awake now, you're feeling better. So right before you get taken off the ventilator, your body starts getting better. But you have to now decrease the ventilator slowly like it doesn't breathe every breath, like it breathes every other breath. So you're, you're trying to breathe on your own again. It decreases the pressure a little bit at a time so that gradually your body is starting to remember and starting to redo things on its own again. You don't go take somebody that's on a full-fledged ventilator on full settings and then just decide to take it out. If you do that, your body will not respond, it will not breathe, and you will D-I-E. So what these doctors did is that's what they did. They just, they were being paid, guys. There is proof out there that, that doctors and people in hospitals, the hospitals were being paid to put the diagnosis COVID on your 
thing. One lady on the internet, while this was going on, I saw her. She said she went to the emergency room with a broken arm. She wasn't sick. She didn't test positive for COVID or anything, but they put COVID on her. They could put COVID on her um, paperwork. And she was like, what the heck is this about? They were being paid thousands of dollars to put the diagnosis COVID on your paperwork. And they were getting paid thousands, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to pull the plug on people to K-I-L-L them in the hospital. This is how evil this world is. Now I'm saying, guys, we do need to go to the hospital sometimes. We do need to go to the doctor's office. Pray over yourself and over your family and over others that if they get sick or they need to go to the hospital, always have family there. Always have other people watching over what's going on. And don't let anybody do anything you don't want them to do. Anyway, that's how he was separating people back then. So it says, gather first the tares and bind them. That means gather them. All of the wicked people are being gathered together in the World Economic Forum and in the UN and all of these people that are wicked, all these, these presidents of nations and stuff coming together to, to plan for evilness to come on this earth. It, uh, the, the, they're spraying stuff in the air. How come the pilots in the air that are spraying all this garbage in our air, how come they're not saying, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus, and this is bad for the people. It's got all kinds of chemicals and stuff in it. I'm not going to spray this stuff. You can go fly a kite. And then why aren't the doctors standing up? And, and there are a lot of doctors. They're gathering together, doing the right thing, doing research, and nurses too, of course. Lots of good nurses. Nurses is the number one most trusted job in the world. And I, I take pride, not pride, but I, I love that people look to me for advice and guidance. And, and I try to give the most best wisdom and guidance I can to people whenever they're asking me questions about their health and things. So anyway, they're going to bind them or gather them. And then they're going to put them in bundles, groups. They're going to put them in groups of people. Who are in groups? All of the elites that are in Hollywood, they're all in a pack together. They all go worship together, Satan. They all do rituals and blood drinking and all that stuff together. And then they will eventually be burned. But then Jesus says, but gather the wheat into my barn. And I'm like, that is awesome. And then where did I? See? Oh, and then here I found this just a few minutes ago. Right here it says, the angel shall come forth and sever. What does sever mean? Cut off, chop off the wicked from among the just. So they are going to cut us off. They're going to cut us away from the wicked on earth. And they're going to bring us into Jesus's barn. Is that not incredible? We are absolutely there is proof that we will be raptured. Now, the only question is when. But I believe that the more visions that I've been seeing from people, um, they're talking about how they have a vision of a normal, beautiful day, blue skies, a couple of clouds, a beautiful day. All of a sudden, these clouds start showing up or darkness, dark clouds just form all of a sudden. And it looks really scary outside. It looks black outside. And then they see this hole of light that come burns through God's glory burns through that dark clouds which the dragon is blowing on the sky because he doesn't want the angels to come down and come get us he wants to drag all the Christians down to hell 
And so um, people see first it's a beautiful sky, then it's a dark sky. Then they see a, a beautiful hole in the clouds and they see Jesus coming with his, his sign. When you read in some of the scriptures, it says he will come with his sign. The sign of Jesus is a cross and people are seeing the cross in the sky in their visions. And so what I believe is going to happen is we're going to be raptured. And at the same moment, we're going to be going up. Demons are going to be coming down. And I believe those demons are the locust. And I believe they have men's faces. They're going to be like ghosts, but worse. They're going to be creatures with tails, scorpion tails. And they're going to have a mouthful of teeth. And I've, I've heard so many people say that they see themselves going up into the rapture. And at the same time they're going up in the rapture, these demons are falling down. They're trying to grab onto them to pull them down. And the people say, I rebuke you in Jesus name. Get away from me. Get hence. Be gone. And the demons fall faster to the earth. And so I do believe that's the locust. Because if you look in Revelation, it says... And they didn't repent. And the sun came and burned them. And they didn't repent of their wicked deeds. And then it says wormwood came and the water was bad. And they didn't repent. Why does it say that? Because the only people left on the earth are those that won't repent. So where are the Christians? They're in heaven in Jesus' barn. And we are going to stay there in a beautiful place. When I had my rapture dream in 2017 or 18... I had it twice, which means the second time you have a dream exactly the same again, that is a confirmation that is from God. And I had this vision that I started lifting up and I was lifting up and I had my arms out like, like a helicopter kind of out my arms out and I was gently spinning kind of barely going around a circle and I'm looking up and I'm smiling and I know I'm going to heaven and somehow my spirit was not only in my body, but I was able to go outside of my body and I could look at myself. And when I looked at myself, I, I looked young and pretty, not real young. I mean, I'm like in my fifties now. I look still the same age, but I just looked, I didn't look, I, I looked happy and beautiful and glowing and I was smiling and I had a white linen gown on guys. And then I was back in my body again and I was going up and I looked down and all I saw was the greenest grass, like carpet grass you've ever seen. It was so green below me and I didn't see any fences. I didn't see any houses. All I saw was this like green field under me. And I always thought, Lord, where is that? Where am I going to be on earth when the rapture happens? But then I've heard other people, this other guy had a vision where he had a vision of the judgment and he said, he saw a number of 449 billion people that I believe were the ones that were, were going to hell. There's only 8 billion people on this earth right now or about that. And so there's a part of scripture that says that we have to get to a certain number of people born on the earth before the judgment can come. And I think that's why Satan from the beginning of time was all, always telling people and teaching them about how to have abortions because he didn't want children to be born on this earth because even once you're born, you're born. Once you take that breath, you're born. And that's another tick, tick on the on God's register. And so um, anyway, 
he saw himself in heaven being raptured and he said all the raptured people went to one side and he said they were in like this grassy field where there was like a little bit of a forest he said it was the most beautiful grassy field he said you could ever see it was beautiful and he said, but the other people got moved over to the other side, and that's where God's throne was. And he was sitting on his throne, and in his, all his glory and light, but all of the people were dark. I think I, I talked about this in another video, and I'm sorry if you're, you're hearing it twice. But anyway, so he, they, he saw all these thousands, millions of people, and they're all dark. These are people from the foundation of the world, Lord. I mean, people that uh, these are these are people that from from the beginning of time that sinned and were doing wickedness that have been reserved for this time of judgment. They are now being judged. And he said he saw them and it was like they were all black looking like they, they just had darkness over them. And then God said, are we in agreement? And the guy said that while he was on the other side watching this, he said he got the feeling and understanding that the souls of those people, although those people on a conscious level do not want to go to hell at all, but their souls testified for them saying, I know what I did and I must be judged accordingly to your word and to your perfect judgments. And so the souls of those people testified for them and said, we agree. And every single person agree and they were cast into the lake of fire. That is scary, guys. That is really, really scary. So it says, and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So anyway, I thought I'd just share this with you. It's already got to be 30 minutes. I try to make these shorter. Um, so just remember, um, just stay on the right path. Stay doing everything you can keep. Live when you say, when you get saved and you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, I repent. That means turn from your sins and don't do them anymore. And sometimes we backslide because we get into a pattern of stuff and it's hard to just quit doing stuff, cold turkey. And sometimes you might fall back once or twice, but then, then you stop and you turn back and you don't go, oh, well, I already, I already fell back again, so I might as well just keep on going. No, you say to yourself, I, I, made, I made a fall, I stumbled, a demon was on my shoulder, whatever. And say, Jesus, I repent again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to get right. And don't keep it from turning back. Don't let it keep you from just saying, I'm never going to get this right. Instead, speak the truth to yourself and say, I am going to do this. I speak truth. I speak, I speak the word of God on me. I speak goodness. I speak righteousness on me. And I speak that I repent of this sin and I will do it no more and be done with it. And then ask God to guide you, ask his angels to come upon you and talk to you in your ear to keep you on a righteous path. And I'm going to tell you what, when you speak something three times, thy will be done in heaven. If you look in the Bible, every time God in the Old Testament and Jesus in the New Testament spoke something three times, it happened. So speak it three times on yourself. I love you guys so much. I love you so goodness in this earth and Go get go online and look up Bible tracks, T-R-A-C-K-S, like a train track, Bible tracks. And you can get them on Amazon. You can get them on other websites. And they're only like 7 to $10 for 100 of them. And they're this little teeny pa uh, pamphlet that's about the size of your phone. And you just hand it out to people. You don't even have to say anything to them. Say, hey, you need something. When you go and go in to pick up a pizza or, or something through drive-thru, just say, hey, you need something to read here. Here, and just hand it to them. It's about Jesus, and just give it to them. 
Or if you if you get into a testimony with somebody and you're telling them how wonderful Jesus is and how you need to repent. And then I, I was in a clothing store returning a shirt that didn't fit me. I can't find any good clothes anymore. Everything's just made in in the Middle East somewhere. But anyway, um, I was returning the shirt and um, I started talking to the ladies at the counter and they go, isn't it a beautiful day today? I mean, it was gorgeous. It was a blue sky outside. And I said, oh, it is gorgeous. I said, you know, I've been watching all these videos on YouTube about people having visions and dreams about the rapture. And like I said, I truly believe the rapture is coming anytime now. And I said, they say that when they, right before the rapture, it's a beautiful sky and it's just gorgeous. And then these dark clouds come and that's when the rapture happens. And two of the ladies were behind the counter. One lady was, they were both looking at me while I was all excited talking about this. And as soon as I said this about the rapture and stuff, one lady looked down and she walked away. Why did she do that? Because she knew she was living in sin somehow and it scared her half to death. But the other lady, she kept talking to me and she goes, you know, I believe the rapture's coming soon. I said, I do too. I said, I've had visions and dreams. And I said, so many, I said, thousands and thousands of people from all over the world are having visions and dreams. Anyway, if you have not gone to Cloud Nine Blessings or to Crystal Love for Jesus, I want you to go on there and subscribe so you get those videos because watch every single one. Go back and see which ones you've watched and which ones you haven't and watch every single one. I've watched every single one and every single one has blessed me and it's given me more wisdom and knowledge of stuff to look for in the, in the last moment before Jesus comes. So anyway, guys, I love you. I, I will bring more teachings to you again real soon. I, I'm so glad you loved uh, Zechariah that I read to you the other day about the proof that Jesus is God. If you have not seen that video, go to Aiming for Wisdom channel. Go to my channel and subscribe and go see my last video I did. Um, I don't remember the title of it, but it's the last video I did before this one. And it's about Zechariah, and in the latter part of the book of Zechariah, God Yahuwah, Yahweh, is speaking about himself, and he's saying how he's going to put one foot on one side and one foot on the other, and uh, there's going to be a splitting in Jerusalem of those, those hills. And that's exactly what Jesus says in the New Testament. He says, it says in the New Testament, Jesus is going to be putting one foot there and another foot there. But in Zechariah, it's before Jesus ever even came. And God is saying, I am going to put my foot here and put there. So he is saying he is Jesus. It's so, and there's like three or four passages in there where he literally says, I, but then when you read the new Testament, you know, it's Jesus. So he is saying, I am Jesus. It's so incredible. I was sharing that with my son. He goes, Mom, where's that at? He's like, what chapter and verse is it? And we were talking on the phone. He goes, I, I've got to get my Bible out. i got to look at it. And he just got so excited. He goes, oh, i got to tell the guys, guys about this. And he goes, I'll talk to you later. And he left. So anyway, get those tracks and uh, those little pamphlets and hand them out to people and start talking to people about Jesus. Look at what I said. Remember over here in chapter 3 of Matthew. This is important. Let's go back one more time before I'm done. I want you to understand how important this is about your salvation. To deposit the fruits of a lifetime. What kind of fruits are you? have you done in this world? Your biggest fruits are two things. 
One, you should be nice to your neighbors and love your neighbors and your fellow brothers and sisters, your fellow people on this earth, no matter who they are. No matter if they're doing wickedness or not or sinning or whatever, love them anyway because they are Christ's body. His arm, his legs, his toes, his knee. Every single person, every brother and sister on this earth are of, of Christ's body. And if, but it's up to them to choose whether they not they come to Jesus and they repent and they turn to Him and live their life according to Him. But the other thing is, so doing good works and good fruits is treating the people that live on this earth, which are the body of Christ, like Christ, because they are Christ. They are the Christ body. So that is the first fruit that you need to do: is make sure you're loving everybody around you. The second fruit is testifying. Testify of Jesus' name to other people and, and try to talk to them about all the miracles and dreams and visions and things you've seen on, t on, on my channel and on other people's channel. The visions and dreams that he's pouring his spirit out everywhere, that the rapture's coming. You got to get right now. I mean, and go back and watch my Zachariah video again um, because there's stuff in there that'll help you testify to other people. Um, and the other thing I was going to tell you that's really important is, um, where did I put it? Um, the, the, sh putting on the, sh the armor, the whole armor of God, which is in, um, the whole armor of God is in Ephesians. It's the last chapter of Ephesians. Let's see. Ephesians seventeen twenty four. I love this Bible. I wouldn't have any other Bible. It is the King James Bible, but it's retranslated to where it's it's absolutely the translation is perfect. 1724. This is Oh, I love Hebrews. If you want to read a beautiful book in the Bible, go read Hebrews. It's uh Paul wrote it. No, Timothy wrote it to uh the the people in Israel. Um Hebrews, Hebrews. Here I got, see, I love putting notes. Look, here I put 13, 1, angels. Let brotherly love continue. That's a fruit that I'm talking about. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entered angels unawares. Guys, I got to tell you this story real quick. One time, a long time ago, when I was in my, probably my 30s, is when they had ancient aliens series on History Channel and stuff, and they were promoting that and trying to say the gods, the gods. And they're trying to say that the, the UFOs and the aliens are all the gods, and they're coming back, and they're, they're, the, the, and they're trying to say they're the ones that are the builders of the world and all that stuff. It's a bunch of garbage. But anyway, I kind of got into that for a while, and I hadn't really read the Bible, studied it, studied it really well. And so I was looking to find out more about Egypt. So I go into this used bookstore and I go around. The, there's like two long aisles down the middle of the store. And then on the on the edges of the store where the walls are, they made these little cubby holes where there were groupings of books where you could walk in there. And it was like a horseshoe, you know, like a horseshoe you walk in and it'd be like that. So I started to, I turned around the long aisle and turned around the corner. And I was going to go into this cubby hole section of where this ancient books are on Egypt and stuff. And I had turn the corner and there was nobody there and I looked down for a second when I looked up 
there's a lady, an older lady, standing right in front of me, blocking me from getting into that cubbyhole area. And she said to me, I, I must have been under some sort of beautiful thing of the Lord. Because I looked up at her and she said, she said, you don't, you don't want to read anything about uh, Egypt. That's bad stuff. You don't, you don't want to have nothing to do with it. And I said, I don't. And she goes, no, you don't. And then she said, but you love gardening and you love um, cooking, don't you? Yeah, I do. Oh, well, those books are right around the corner over there. You need to go over there and go check those out because they got some new books over there that are awesome that you're going to love. And I, like nothing, go, okay. And I turned around and went the other way. And it was almost like, not, I don't want to say a spell, but like there was some kind of divine thing that was put on me. Like that angel was speaking something on me. Now the lady looked like a little older lady in her fifties or something, just a nice, sweet lady. I mean, she looked like a normal human being, but I don't think she was. I think she was an angel. So let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. Be nice to strangers. Testify to them about Jesus. For thereby some have entertained angels unaware. The angels, the sun, the moon, the stars. And we are the testifiers. We are the saints on earth. And we are, we are here right now because we are observing the wicked. And by our testimony is how the wicked are going to be judged. And the sun, the moon, and the stars, it says in the, in the, in the Old Testament, that they are witnesses to what's happening on earth. God must have a lot of witnesses and bring this time into fruition so that all of the people that are absolutely unfaithful to him that were so easily to turn to wickedness, he needs to, to see that this happening. He needs to see them doing their wickedness and he needs other people to see what they're doing. And I know it's hard going through this, guys. I know. I'm trodden down sometimes too. But man, you know, I've I've been watching t uh, videos a lot and I've had a lot of other things going on in my life and I kind of wasn't reading as much as I used to. I mean, I used to read like two, three, four, five, six hours a day. And I was so blessed and I was having visions and dreams all the time. And lately I've been kind of, a little sad and I started feeling like Jesus isn't as close to me like I would hear his voice on a regular basis when I would pray in my heart and in my mind and my head and my spirit I could hear him and sometimes I could hear him for real out loud and and I saw him in a vision in a dream I saw him and he came and he held my hands and um and one time when I was praying, I heard the angel of the Lord come to me outside, sitting outside in the yard, in the dark. I was praying and crying because I was worried about my son. And the angel of the Lord came to me and I heard him audibly like a person standing there. And his voice was so beautiful. He said, he called me by name and he said, Stacy, don't worry. And then he told me everything that was going to happen to my son. It wasn't going to happen the way I wanted it to. He said, he's not going to be able to do this right now, but he will. And then he says, but don't worry. It, got, it was God speaking. God said, I'm sending his three angels to watch over him until he can come home. And then he did come home and it happened exactly like he said it would. And then I was so happy and everything was going good. But then my son got really sick. He ended up in the emergency room and he was just really, really sick. 
his vitals were down. He was dehydrated. His blood pressure just, he had temperature. He just, he was bad shape. This wasn't during COVID, by the way. It was way before that. But anyway, he was very, very sick. And I was trying to tell his dad to pray with me, asked him to pray with me, and he wouldn't do it. And his dad was struggling at the time getting saved and believing in Christ and everything. And I'm happy to say that this is years later, but his dad has received Christ. And I'm just so grateful and happy about that. Anyway, he refused to pray with me, which we, we were divorced. And so he was married to another woman and she wasn't there, but she didn't like him being around me at all. And so anyway, he said, no, I'm not going to pray with you. And I testified in front of him. I said, you need to believe in Jesus and prayers Pray, God hears all our prayers. And I said, he will hear our prayers for our son. And he just, he's like, I got the Bible app. I read the Bible. And he asked, you need to read the scripture, the word of God. And he goes, I've got the Bible app. And I said, that's not the same thing as having a Bible in your hand. I said, you need to start reading. He got up and he walked out and I sat there and started crying. I'm going here. My son's father will not, dad will not even pray. I'm sorry. I never say father except the father almighty. Here my son's dad won't even pray with me for our son while he's sick in the emergency room. And I'm sitting there and God, Jesus heard me testifying of his word that it's the truth and that and that he needed to be reading the word and that we needed to pray and that God hears our prayers. And I had so much belief on me when I said it. Jesus must have been just got a smile on his face hearing me. And so I'm sitting there crying and I said, Jesus, how can he not want to pray with me for our son? And I said, I said, Lord, and then I got this thought in my head and it must have come from God. I said, Lord, I said, remember when you told me that you would send the, his three angels to watch over him? I said, if it be your will, would you let, would you comfort a mother and let me see those angels ministering to him? I wanted to know that God was in the room and he was watching over my son and that he was going to be okay. But I was humble before the Lord. And I said, if it be your will. And so I opened my eyes from that prayer and I saw three glorious angels, one on each side. My son's headboard was against the wall. There was one angel on each side of his bed and one at the foot of the bed, and they were nothing but light, but they had the form of a human being. They were, it was like, they were almost like a light bulb. If you looked at a light bulb, how the lights kind of diffused, it wasn't, I couldn't, but they were a human form and they all had their hands on my son's body, on his legs and on his chest and on his body. And I saw that I sat there and I was like, there's no way I'm seeing this. This can't be real. I'm thinking it to myself, but I'm not speaking it. And I'm thinking, do I see what I really am th seeing? And then I'm thinking, and then I'm thinking to myself, Stacy, you just asked God to show you his angels. You just prayed about it. So I'm like looking at him and I'm staring and I don't even want to blink because I'm like, I am seeing angels. I'm like, so I'm like freaking out. And so I'm sitting there and I like, finally after I'm it's hard not to blink but I was afraid to blink I was afraid they would disappear again and I kept looking at them and looking at them finally it it's kind of stressful almost when you're trying to look at something like constantly like that so finally after a few minutes I'm talking a few minutes like about five minutes finally I was like okay I thought to myself now I'm gonna look away and see if they're still there so I look away and I look back again they're still there 
And so then I look down, they're still there. I look back up again, they're there. And then I finally decide, okay, I'm gonna close my eyes. So I close my eyes and I open them again and they're still there, guys. For like 15 minutes, they're still there. And so then I'm finally starting to get a little, a little exhausted because this is a, it's kind of, it's exhausting to see something supernatural like that. And so finally, so I hear in my spirit, I hear what to say. So I said, so I said out loud, okay, Lord, it's enough. And I closed my eyes and when I opened them, they were gone. Is that amazing or what? All right, guys, I love you. I hope this has blessed you beyond a shadow of a doubt. Have a wonderful rest of the week. God bless you all. And I I was I want to tell you real quick, go to, you need to say this every day. Um, go to, how did I miss this? I skipped over. It's uh, Ephesians. Go to Ephesians. Philippians. Here it is, Ephesians. Ephesians 6. 13, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of Yah, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, replace it not with you, but replace it with I. Say, I take the whole armor of Yah, that I may be able to stand, withstand in the evil day, and having done all I can to stand. So, and I will stand, therefore, having my loins gird about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and having my feet shod with the preparation of, of, the, of the gospel of peace, gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what the Besorah is in Hebrew. Above all, taking the shield of belief, wherewith I shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet, I take the helmet of, of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of Yahuwah, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all the Kodeshim or saints. I wrote that down on a piece of paper. My son was like, Mom, you need to take the whole armor of God every day. You need to be putting on the whole armor of God. By the way, six, chapter 6, 13, 6 plus 1 plus 3 is 10. The number of 10 is lawfulness, the law of God. This is a law. The law of God is the word. Jesus is the word. I don't know if you've seen that part in the Bible yet, but a lot of people are just now, they'll, they're just now reading the Bible. And the first time I read in the Bible that Jesus is the word, he is the word, he is God, is amazing. I was like, Jesus is the word. When he came to earth, he brought us the word. He, he manifested over 200 and something uh, uh, pro uh, pro pro uh, prophetic things. From the Old Testament, he made those came to fruition, and I was like, "Wow, that's so extraordinary!" Anyway, so I wrote down this uh, wherefore unto take on the whole armor of God. I wrote it down on a piece of paper, and I have it by the side of my bed so that every morning I I proclaim that, and you do that too. And bless you all. Take care and uh, love you. I'll see you on the next one.